Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I'll be speaking with Dr. Eldon Taylor, author of the New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions. Dr. Taylor has been researching the power of the mind for the past 25 years and is considered an expert in the fields of hypnosis and subliminal communication. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes Store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Dr. Taylor's newest book, Mind Programming, From Persuasion and Brainwashing to Self-Help and Practical Metaphysics, has just been released by Hay House Publishers. As a criminalistic specialist, Eldon has supervised and conducted investigations and testing to detect deception, including research at the Utah State Prison. Today, Eldon is president and director of Progressive Awareness Research, Incorporated. He has developed and patented the InnerTalk technology, which has been demonstrated by numerous universities to be effective at altering negative self-talk and empowering self-belief. Eldon's radio show, Mind Matters, currently airs every Tuesday on contacttalkradio.com. For more information about Dr. Eldon Taylor, his InnerTalk products and services, and to sign up for his free InnerTalk newsletter, please visit eldontaylor.com. That's eldontaylor.com. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. Welcome to the show, Eldon. Thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you. That was. Uh, I'm very honored to be with you, and uh, that was uh, a very wonderful uh, introduction. Thank you very much, indeed. Oh, you're welcome. What was the inspiration for writing your book, Mind Programming? Uh, I guess I have to answer that by saying the inspiration was really choices and illusions. Uh, as I spoke to people about uh, the book, Choices and Illusions more and more of them asked me how we became programmed and not just how we became programmed in the sense that I covered it in choices but in depth uh, we all recognize that uh, you know our parents and our peers uh, they put a lot of pressure on us and that pressure tends to to form a good deal of our personality but what we what we fail to recognize is the extent to which everything programs us mm -hmm. and and to that extent how we become inauthentic we become distant from who we really are mm -hmm. you know one of the things that people were constantly asking me that inspired writing mind programming is why is it I can go to all these seminars I can read all these inspirational books I can you know watch the movie The Secret I can do all the things they tell me to do and it doesn't work for me. Mm. Why is it that when I think prosperity, doom and gloom comes? Mm. And, you know, a lot of people have that real-life experience. They, are, they, they try to do these things, they, they employ the tools, and then there is a disconnect between mm. the outcome. Yes. One of the things that... I was reminded of, as I was being asked this question over and over and over again, was a study that was done years ago and some work that we did ourselves 
exit studies that have to do with motivational presentations. Mm -hmm. And it goes this way. KG, if you were to find a great presenter today that uh, gives motivational presentations, uh, and, and you were to go to their workshop, and as everyone left that workshop, you were to ask them, what they thought about it and how they rated it and would it make a difference in their life. What we discovered is the good ones, 95, 98% of the people leaving Mm -hmm. were thrilled. They were excited this was going to make a real difference in their life, especially if it was one of these seminars that guaranteed your money back at the end of it if you you didn't get anything out of it, okay? Mm -hmm. So they they were totally enthused and totally inspired. Now, when we followed up with them, 30 and 60 days later, what we discovered was only a very small fraction, we're talking like 2 and 3%, mm. of those people that reported, this is going to change my life, I'm going to use these tools, that what I learned today, etc., had actually employed them. Mm-hmm. There were lots of reasons. There was, you know, look... Uh, I, I thought about it. Just doesn't really fit my personality. Mm-hmm. There was I haven't had time. There, you know, there were all kinds of reasons, yeah. excuses. We call them rationalizations for why it wasn't done. But the bottom line really came down to this: when they went away, something inside of them, their inner talk, mm-hmm. their stream of consciousness, uh, challenged that, and, mm-hmm. and, and it challenges it like. You know, I I often in seminars will have everybody say to themselves silently and meaningfully, just by way of a demonstration, say to yourself, I am am good, I am really good, I am really a great person, Mm -hmm. and be still for a moment. Mm -hmm. And see if you don't begin to get some back talk like, Mm -hmm. sure, good at what? Do you remember when? Mm -hmm. Who are you trying to fool? You see, it's kind of analogous to... If you ask a group of people, how many of you want to make a million dollars this year? And then you explain that in order to make a million dollars, they have to believe they're going to make a million dollars. So tell yourself you're going to make a million dollars this year. You start seeing people smile and laugh because they're hearing this back talk that says, sure, what are you going to do, rob a bank? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about congruence. Absolutely, the inner and the outer. Well, the reason these seminars and the the tools and the secret and so on and so forth do not work is because we don't believe inside ourselves they will. We don't believe that we deserve it or it's not consistent. Congruent is an excellent word with the programming that has been laid upon us that we're ignorant of. Mm-hmm. And I mean really ignorant of. I mean, we're we're oblivious to the extent that this programming controls our thinking. So could you give some examples of how... I'd love to, KG. Okay. I don't... And you know what? Don't let me talk too much, though, okay? If I keep going <laughs> off, I you just I could me, listen right? to you. You're just... You're doing great. Just okay. keep talking. All right. You know, here's a good example, and it's a current example of something that we think of as context-binding. Mm-hmm. The way we think. You know Susan Boyle. Yes. Business got talent woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You've heard her sing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you first saw her, whether it was on television or YouTube, what did you think? You don't want to ask me because I'm, okay, not, the, I'm not the norm. <laughs> All right. 
the average but the average person, person I saw the response. Saw it was obvious. Trumpy. Yes. Uh, unkept. You know, look, this is a gonker. Yes. This one it was obvious. The, the audience was, was totally against right. her. Yeah. And when she opened her mouth and sang, there was shock. Shock. Was, ah. Mm-hmm. Here's an example of a complete disconnect between mm-hmm. what we expect in a human being. What is it that says to have Susan Boyle's voice, you have to look a certain way? Mm-hmm. Why is it we make that judgment? What mm-hmm. caused that shortcut? Mm-hmm. What is that implicit assumption? Jesse Jackson tells the story of going back to his hotel. Mm-hmm. It's it's after dark. Uh, and of course, this is the civil rights activist Jesse Jackson. He hears fast approaching heavy footsteps mm-hmm. coming from behind him. He becomes mm-hmm. somewhat alarmed, turns, sees it's a white person, and is relieved. Wow! Now imagine the chagrin that he must have felt at that moment in that discovery. Wow! Context. If you if he's you been think conditioned, of it, he's been no, conditioned. Yeah. No kidding. And if you think of it, KG, you know the way we're taught. We're we're not taught in context. We're taught in absolute. So we're yes. taught one and one equals two, and it doesn't always equal two. It equals two, of course, within the arithmetic system. But if you add a gallon of water to a gallon of alcohol, you don't get two gallons. That shocks a lot of people because they're just <laughs> rigid in their thinking. Yes. But it goes so much deeper than that. You know, yes. uh, somebody comes to your door, KG. It's um, 9 o'clock at night. You know who they are. They knock on the door and they say, Hey, KG, I'm in this uh, contest. You know, we're out here on this scavenger hunt. If I can find a 3 by 7 piece of wood, I'll win $10,000 and I'll split it with you. And you think, well, I've got a wood pile. Gosh, yes. I'm sorry, I can't help you. And you close your 3 by 7 wood door. Yes. Because it's a door. Yes. You know, it's yes. not a piece of wood. Yes. The classic example is one Ellen Langer uses, and I, you know, it has been enhanced. I love this example, but for a moment, think of the saliva in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You roll it around, and you're glad you have it, because, I mean, if you haven't got it, we're not doing radio together, are we? No, we aren't. And it tastes good, doesn't it? Think well, about it. Yeah, it does yeah, taste good. Yeah, it's, right. in my, it's in my mouth, yeah. Now I want you to imagine you have a shot glass in front of you, and you're going to spit it into that shot glass, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you look at it, and you've probably seen saliva, so you know if you tip that glass a little bit, you might see some air bubbles or yes. something, right? Okay, now I want you to drink it right back. Yes, it's changed. <laughs> it's suddenly vile, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Why is it vile? Because... The context by which we are viewing the world Mm -hmm. is so skewed in its Mm -hmm. definitions that we lose our ability to see anything Mm -hmm. freshly. So you're talking about a filter, a lens. Completely, uh, totally. And much of that lens has been voiced upon us. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's okay that our peers are going to attempt to persuade us to go a certain direction, although, you know, we're aware of that. And and we can take, you know, safeguards for it. In in our family, they're going to attempt to mold us a certain way. And we all studied, you know, Freud, and we know that there's this constant conflict between our primitive urges, the id, and, and that super authority, our parents, uh, uh, the perfectionist, the superego. Uh, but what we are not aware of is that billions and billions and billions of dollars have been spent 
by everyone from government to private industry to learn how to control our every thought, to predict our every move, to create within us the right amount of tension, mm-hmm. the right amount of anxiety. With conscious that, intent to manipulate is what you're that's, saying. That's exactly right. Totally. Totally. In fact, it's so pervasive that if you go back into the literature and you look at when it got started, you see that Sigmund Freud had a nephew, Edward Bernays. And Bernays is the author of the book Propaganda. In fact, he single-handedly changed how we see that word mm-hmm. uh, because it used to be a word used by the Catholic Church to mean uh, clear up um, ambigu- ambiguities in in religious doctrine. Today we see propaganda as meaning something entirely different. But Bernays decided that he was going to use Uncle Freud's discoveries of these unconscious primitive drives and mechanisms mm-hmm. and incorporate them into marketing, mm-hmm. which he did very effectively. Mm-hmm. Indeed, today we call that neuromarketing mm-hmm. because instead of using simple biofeedback means, we use the most sophisticated, like function functional magnetic resonance imaging Mm -hmm. to see exactly how the brain is responding to everything. Wow. Uh, And and in fact, we just learned in a study in London that showing a smoker the Surgeon General's warning on a pack of cigarettes excites the nucleus, uh, which is the the reward center in the brain. So it it actually causes them to want to smoke more. But back to Bernays. Bernays in 1929 held what's called the Light's Golden Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And this was to sell light bulbs. Okay? Mm-hmm. Celebrate the light bulb. And he told everybody the inventor of light bulb was Thomas Edison. And if you go to your local school today and you ask them who invented the light bulb, they're likely to tell you it was Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Thomas Edison. It was Joseph Swan. Wow. But the marketing itself stuck that. Mm-hmm. And whether we're marketing, we're seeing marketed politics... Uh, or we're seeing marketed product, or we're seeing marketed illness. Mm-hmm. W- what's happening is an expectation is yes. being built in us. Yes. And that, as you say, becomes our lens, yes. the prism through which we see the world. Our expectations or of outcomes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just how much is the average person affected by collective social conditioning on a daily basis, Eldon? The answer to that is, when was the last time, and this is not so much directed at you, KG, I know you're an exceptional person, but the listening audience, when is the last time you had an original thought? If you think about it, how you dress, how you walk, how you talk, your hand Mm -hmm. gestures, how you stand, the car you drive, the home you live in, Mm -hmm. your ambitions, what it is that you want tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, all of that has been given to you. Mm-hmm. You have been educated. You've been educated literally into a socialization process mm-hmm. that for all intent and purposes has robbed you of ever knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. You the average eighteen year old has seen two hundred thousand hours of television as a mm-hmm. case in point and over mm-hmm. thirty thousand homicides. Now, you know, years ago when there was a Columbine shooting uh, a school shooting. Uh, I did a paper, and it had to do with this exact question: How much, and, and what what is it causing? 
And on my website, you can see that there's a nice letter that came from the Secretary of Education as a result of this paper. But here's the point of the paper. If you compare the kind of stimuli that we see that would appeal to a basic drive, and in the human being we have supposedly four basic drives, mm -hmm. fight, flight, feeding, and fornication, propagation of the species. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fifth. I call that more, and maybe we'll come back to that in a minute. But mm -hmm. those four primitive drives are drives that the entire human species operates I mean, mm -hmm. under. Okay, In fact, all the animal kingdom operates under them. So uh, if you look at what kind of stimuli arouses the drives, mm -hmm. be sex or violence, mm -hmm. okay, and you compare 1950 to what we have today, there is a gross difference between the air blowing up through a vent and lifting Marilyn Monroe's skirt mm -hmm. to what we see in prime time television yeah. to say nothing of what's available on the internet or adult television, etc. We, we have systematically desensitized the threshold of arousal. This is true. So much so that we have to have so much, you know, synthetic yes. stimulus now, so much more stimulus that we have also disengaged from the reality of that. Mm -hmm. With the virtual environment and all of this uh, stimuli, what we have is we can take young people we can sit them down, you know, typically ages, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm -hmm. and ask them a question like, how many pets do you have? And they can tell us they have three. They mm -hmm. have a dog and a cat at home and a horse in RuneScape, a game, a virtual reality game uh, that young people take up identities and play in mm -hmm. uh, on the computer. Mm -hmm. They have lost their ability to distinguish, distinguish. or never had it, mm -hmm. between the virtual pet and the real pet. Mm -hmm. And then you ask why young people who have never shot a gun, purportedly, who can lay on a knoll and shoot six, seven times and hit six, seven students, how, how they can do that, why they could do that. Yeah. Well, they have practiced this killing in yeah. games, in arcades, over and over and over, and never used a gun. Gosh, when was the yeah. last time he walked into a gar arcade? Mm -hmm. There are rifles and pistols on the end of every one of those games. Mm -hmm. So, to come back and answer your question, if you look at the media as it comes to us in this information age, whether it is the computer or it is the the various games young people have or it's the television, it's the 24-7 uh, um, news cycle, um, when you're all said and done, including the innocent programming that might go on with your family, your peers, and how you reinforce your self-representation every day, how you reinforce the stuff you have practiced that you have in your mind, like the person that practices, I don't get even, I get evener, or thank God it's Friday, or life sucks and then you die. Because just reinforcing that, just saying it to yourself, just putting the bumper sticker on your car, all of that reinforces this, what you end up with is a continual bombardment. Mm -hmm. It's not a sum of the time, unless you withdraw, unless you do maybe as Pascal suggests in his uh, his work, the Pensies, mm -hmm. unless you meditate, yeah. unless you close your eyes and, uh, in his words, yeah. allow yourself to go out into space and imagine yourself, you know, 
as uh, Einstein took his word literally and did it and came back with he equals mc squared a few years later but uh imagine yourself traveling beyond the moon mm-hmm. and then beyond the sun and then beyond the planets and then deep into space and as pascal says and when you do that you realize the enormity and the beauty and the gravity of it all mm-hmm. and in that sense you recognize that there is something more, mm-hmm. the unknown which is greater, that mm-hmm. is that which is behind it all, yes. that which you are connected to, mm-hmm. and in that moment you get a glimpse of who you really are. Yes. Beyond Unless the you do that, you're plugged in. You you just got yes. your finger in the outlet and the yes. juice is flowing. Yes. 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 So is what you're talking about is that really uh, the law of attraction and action. What what exactly is it that well, you know, is operating? You get, <laughs> when you get to the law of attraction, it, it is operating all the time. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think what a lot of people don't realize when they say this isn't working. I I tried these uh, these various steps of the law of attraction. It just doesn't work. The fact of the matter is, you're creating your own reality all the time. Yes. Uh, indeed, I mean, in many, many ways, we used to say that DNA was fixed, and we now know that how you respond to your environment can actually, yeah. does actually alter your DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to be puzzled about how personality differences, like in a multiple personality patient, in one uh, personality the patient could be uh, brown eyed and then the next personality snap of the fingers they were blue eyed you know it's, how is that possible the only thing that's different is in their memory well it, it is that memory it is that power of the mind that absolutely controls uh, to a greater extent even the DNA mm-hmm. manifestation so yeah. if we stop and we think about it that way, the mind is creating all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, in science, we can call this the expectation factor, the Pygmalion factor. We can even go to the uncertainty principle in quantum mechanics and mm-hmm. say it's you know the observer factor. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, if you expect, truly expect, that you're not going to succeed, you're not mm-hmm. going to succeed. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have within yourself these fears of of uh, success, fears of failure, self-sabotaging mechanism. Mm-hmm. If you have these things that you've been programmed to have, mm-hmm. then for all intent and purposes, you are creating exactly what you are living. Mm-hmm. And when you're unconscious of that, how you're... Because a lot of people are unconscious mm-hmm. about those messages. Those but they're internal, still creating. Yes, exactly. They create by default. That's correct. That's perfectly (laughs) said. Perfectly said, KG. They are creating by default. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not creating what they consciously say they want. But Mm -hmm. if we go back and think again about these exit studies I told you about, the conscious mind is not congruent with Mm -hmm. what's going on in the subconscious. Mm -hmm. We're out of rapport with our subconscious mind. That's correct. That's that's very correct. And I'm not sure that there is necessarily even a rapport with the subconscious because, you know, we all have to recognize that there's a certain psychic struggle, a certain psychic yes. tension that goes yes. on all the time. Yes. And, and well, that's how creation happens. You've got to have some tension, otherwise you don't create. That's correct. That's correct. So, 
So what can we do about the effects of social conditioning, Eldon? Is it even possible to think new thoughts and make authentic choices? I believe it is, but I believe, you know, the first step in the whole process of what we call self-help Mm-hmm. is to recognize the pervasiveness of all this programming. That's why I wrote the book, yes. and that's why the first half of the Awareness. book is all about it. And that's why some of it gets nasty. You know, I mean, you, you, I, I even went down the path of looking at everything that's been involved in interrogation, which I have personal, you know, background in, thought control, brainwashing, etc. And, and, and even what are the CIA, I mean, Jules Romains reported a CIA brainwashing study to Congress and which he said, we know now that men can be made to do exactly anything. Mm. It's all a question of finding the right means. If only yeah. we take enough trouble, go sufficiently slowly, we can make him kill his aged parents and eat them in the stew. Now, that's a pretty gross statement. Wow. And that's coming from a government official reporting to a Congress uh, of elected people after spending hundreds of millions of dollars and actually exploring what they could and couldn't mm-hmm. do. And this is just one of those kinds of studies. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is you've got to become aware of how pervasive it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I mean, look, if I can define it, I can control your thoughts. Yes. The definition forms your perception which forms the paradigm. So I have to be on guard, alert to all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Yes. Just recently in politics, and I, and I want to get right to the point of your question, but mm-hmm. we, again, this first answer is we must know how pervasive it is. Mm-hmm. Recently, we had the National Security Domestic Extremism Dictionary leak out. Mm-hmm. Right away, Secretary Napolitano was there to say, you know, whoops. Uh, but... This dictionary, these definitions go to law enforcement everywhere. I have seen these kinds of definitions. We would see cult watch, C-U-L-T, watch mm-hmm. uh, definitions come in, and there would be new age groups listed in those cults that I knew were not cults in the sense of how we think of a cult. You right. know? Uh, so these definitions can be dangerous. Law enforcement you know, depends upon them. All right, what 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 did these definitions in this dictionary say? Well, they essentially said if you were ultra-conservative, if you were a pro-lifer, uh, if you generally supported the Second Amendment, um, you know, an NRA member, if you were a returning vet from Iraq or Afghanistan, you were potentially a extremist security threat. Wow. Now... Wow. If you accept now that that's definition, quite a <laughs> no, no kidding. And if you accept that definition, mm-hmm. look at what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it totally sudden, affects your map of reality, and then you focus on you know that, and that's what you you, you create evidence. That's exactly right. I love how you just bubble these things into one concise statement. KG, the very first thing that, in answer to your question, we have to do is become completely aware of the extent to which this material pervades the way we think, how we're exposed to it, mm-hmm. and, and and with that awareness, we have a chance to begin to question and step away from it. Yes. All right. The yes. second thing we need to do is turn off the media, you know, and the media is a marvelous technology. Take your show. This is a marvelous place 
to incorporate media into your life. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you gain tools, you gain insight, you gain inspiration. So utilizing media this way, uh, as opposed to vegetating in front of television, mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't realize is that marketers and psychological researchers have known for well since the early 60s that the average adult will go into alpha consciousness yes and allowing themselves to be in influenced by whatever they're you know they'll absorb it that's exactly right. I mean, I've testified in a court of law as an expert on hypnosis. And, and when asked, the definition is this. Hypnosis is a state of hyper-suggestibility. Mm-hmm. Alpha is the same brainwave state we have in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Imagine you went to your hypnotist, hypnotherapist, and the hypnotherapist said to you when you were in hypnosis, in alpha, all right, you're going to get sick. And when you do, I want you to come right back here, because it's not going to be long. This gombu's coming to town. And when you get back here, I'm going to take it away for you, from you and make you feel good. Yeah. How would you respond to that? Wouldn't we think that's quackery? Wouldn't, wouldn't we? I mean, we'd be inclined to want to sue. Physicians must ensure for for what is known as an iatrogenic effect, which right. is, you know, they say something when you're under anesthesia, like, well, this fat slob is going to heal slowly, you know. They have to ensure for that because they know that that can I never heard that. of that. That's amazing. Yeah. So here you are, you're in front of television, and you just went into Alpha, and here comes a commercial, and it says, the gombu's coming to town, but if you go down and get your ABC drug, why, you're going to feel so good, and then there are pictures of you in a supine position with people waiting on you. <laughs> you have just been sold sickness. I mean, hey, I'm going to here's a real one that we have the data Sounds on. Sounds like yeah. a good payoff to me. Yeah. <laughs> About three years ago, you saw appear on television everywhere, mass mm-hmm. campaign, restless leg syndrome. Yes. And the symptoms were given out, et cetera. And, and the data shows that the the instances of restless syndrome, or leg syndrome, as reported to physicians, went through the roof. I mean, mm-hmm. it was astronomical. Mm-hmm. It was logarithmic, okay? Mm-hmm. The patent expired on the drug, and the ads disappeared from television. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened to the number of cases that were reported? Mm-hmm. Now, it, they went it, away, too. Yes. Completely. So we we know we know for a fact that you know we're a, we respond as human beings to group pressure and 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 as a group we can become rather hysterical. Not yes. in the sense that I'm throwing a tantrum and I'm pounding the table, but in in a psychological sense. Take for example a, another case that I cite in in my programming. And there are a number of these, but. We have an instance of a school teacher finding a drum, a 50-gallon drum, in the basement of the school that's got a skull and bones on it. Well, this was an older school. Mm-hmm. She immediately assumes this is left over from World War II. Mm-hmm. It has some fluid on the top of it, like mm-hmm. it's leaking. Mm-hmm. She's touched it. She panics. She runs upstairs. She tells everybody, you know, she doesn't know what it is, it, it, but it certainly could be dangerous. Maybe it's nuclear waste or she is admitted to the hospital within an hour with a rash and and symptoms that are very real symptoms. By 5 o'clock that afternoon, a 100 people from that school are admitted to is that Is this hospital. real? This really happened? This is a real case. Really <laughs> happened, okay? The drum, turns out, was full of water, and the next morning everybody went home fine. Wow. 
That's incredible. Now, yeah, and and what we we just don't simply understand that that's that's mass how hypnosis, our mind works. Mass hypnosis. Mass right. collective so awareness. If, if yeah. you sit down in front of that television set, <laughs> make sure that what you're what you're putting into your mind is, you know, science. Yeah, you're not giving gravity. away your power of authority. Right. It's inspirational movie or something. Yes. Don't tune into the system, you know. Yeah. And then there are still a number of other things that we can do. I mean, you know, the bottom line is I see So what about people who have this awareness and then continue to make these choices to absorb mass? What a you know, I mean, I mean, from what you're telling me, there's this information that is out there for people, but is it just people really haven't gotten it yet? I mean, they've been exposed intellectually, and they just it, the aha light hasn't gone on, or? Well, I think in part the aha light hasn't gone on, but I think in part most of this material is largely dismissed. Mm-hmm. It's it's dismissed because it's laughed at. Let me give you that strategy. Mm-hmm. There is an overt strategy among the naysayers that goes like this. A good belly laugh is worth a thousand syllogisms. Mm-hmm. Let's not take them on on the facts and issues because we can't beat them there. Let's paint it as though it's kind of funny. Yeah. Now, here, subliminal is a technology that falls into that category. Mm-hmm. If you become aware of how much subliminal information is embedded everywhere mm-hmm. and and how it actually influences you, you have to make a major protest like people did back uh, when Kim Novak had drink Coca-Cola, eat popcorn, flashed on her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original outcry about subliminal information had Norman's cousin saying this is the most dangerous technology man has ever invented. Now, that's uh, post-atomic technology. The reason being, it directly influences you without your conscious awareness. Now, we know from hard studies that I can show you the picture of two people, as Mm -hmm. a case in point. Across one's face, I can flash subliminally. Use a tachetoscope, it flashes at one three hundredth of a second. You cannot consciously perceive what I just flashed, and I will flash angry over a face mm-hmm. or evil over a face. And I will flash over the other face wonderful or mm-hmm. charismatic mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I will give you very limited exposure to that, and then I'll introduce you to the two people whose faces those pictures match. Mm -hmm. You will be predisposed to tell me the one that had the angry, nasty notes you don't like. Mm -hmm. You will make up a reason for why Mm -hmm. you don't like him. Uh, Maybe he reminds me of my uncle, or, you know, I'm unsure, but I think I saw a character like that in a movie. Mm-hmm. And you'll make up a reason for why you like the other one. Mm-hmm. It's important that you believe you understand why your mind does what it yes. does. Yes. So we know you'll just make it up. Right. In fact, we know that there's activity in the unconscious that precedes a conscious thought, a conscious motor movement. In other words, what you're going to say, what you're going to do is already decided mm-hmm. in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Now... The only way you're going to get to that subconscious and therefore really have any choice at all Mm -hmm. is get beyond the programming. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you don't have free will. 
you are just simply answering the information coming from the subconscious largely which has been programmed Mm -hmm. to tell you how you're to respond Mm -hmm. so what happens is twofold the individual that continues ignores because maybe he has heard the belly laugh argument subliminal doesn't work Mm -hmm. you know uh former President Bush in his campaign against Al Gore ran a rat subliminal over Al Gore's face. And when he was asked about this, he, he said, and the way he said it was so funny that of course he couldn't have known anything about it. It couldn't have been intentional, could it? He couldn't even say the word. So it was dismissed. And yet studies since then, indeed Joel Weinberger at Adelphi University in New York, ran a study to see whether or not that rat's ad could have influenced the election. Mm -hmm. And he demonstrated without a doubt it could have probably did. So, but if we ignore it because we laugh at it, ah, sure, or we ignore it because we're misinformed, mm-hmm. uh, there are laws that protect me from that. Yeah. There are no laws that protect you from that, but most people believe that. Mm-hmm. Then we just go on with our way of doing things. Mm-hmm. We're creatures of habit. And mm-hmm. why? Because the habit pattern, that abiding pattern, is in the unconscious and is the script yeah. that plays from the time yeah. I open my and eyes the, the to unc- the time I close my <laughs> eyes. And it's a, its job is to keep us safe, and so it's programmed a certain way because it thinks, and it runs that program because it thinks that's what's going to keep you safe, right? Well, in part, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that we're we're educated to kind of think that. I mean, uh, that's not true. Well, no. I, I mean, there. The bottom line is this: if I want to sell you a product, I have to create some anxiety. If I create anxiety, you don't have this product, uh, and I can create the anxiety. Right, it's you manipulating don't have it. the subconscious mind. The subconscious right. mind, though, is it's a, it's wanting to keep us safe. So if we feed it something that it feels like, well, if I go towards that, it'll be unsafe. Then the subconscious mind will keep you away from doing that. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Yes, that's right. So by pushing and pulling on those strings we end up with a script yes. and yes. the script plays just exactly like uh, you know one of these uh, uh, player pianos plays yes. you know well, it's just got a bunch definitely of we have the mass consciousness collective the collective you know pool of you know mind matter I guess you could say well that's your show mind matters <laughs> <laughs> there is a great power in the collective that is going unused right now, or it's going mm-hmm. the wrong way, though. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is that's the importance of what you do. I hope, you know, what I do has some influence there, too, because mm-hmm. if we can move a significant number of individuals, and it doesn't yes, have I think to they've be even the done a, a certain square root of the pie of the populace of the the planet or something, if we can get that much to shift, that we can have a shift. Have you heard of that? Yes, and, and, yeah. and I believe that is absolutely true. The math says it is absolutely yes. true, and the research of, of uh, people I know and, and others shows that. I mean, Rupert Sheldrake did some real pioneering work on this. Morphogenic uh, fields. Yeah, yeah. 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that work has been replicated over and over again. So we do know that this whole idea of an archetypal 
unconscious that Jung had, mm-hmm. this collective unconscious, you know, whatever, however we refer to that today mm-hmm. because of the changes in our understanding of physics, it is nevertheless real. Mm-hmm. Yes. So could you share a few tools and techniques from your book, Mind Programming, that can help us take back control of our own mind right now today, Eldon? I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Uh, the first thing I say, you know, turn off that media. We've covered that. Input the positive. Do this. Every time you have a thought that is a self-defeating thought, use a little magic that I learned, I don't know, 40 years ago from a friend of mine. Just say to yourself, cancel, cancel, mm-hmm. cancel. I don't know why that is so powerful, but it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you... you get up in the morning and, you, and you're and you thinking about something that you're going to do in the day and maybe you're going to give a presentation to somebody and, and you think boy I'm afraid I'm going to I'm going to forget my my lines as soon as you have that come into your mind just say cancel 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 mm-hmm. you know, if you pay attention to how you talk to yourself I cannot tell you how important that is because mm-hmm. that stream of consciousness as William James told us back at the turn of the 19th century, mm-hmm. 20th century, I guess, 1900, uh, that stream of consciousness is a reflection on what your true beliefs are. Yes, about if, yourself and about how your life is. And, and can't you really tell? Some people, I'm myself, I can get... Now I'm getting more used to paying attention to my thoughts, but for a long time, I it was more the feeling that well, came up for me first. And that's that's as important as, as the, the thoughts. Verbalizing those feelings could be very important. If you, When these feelings come forward, this anxiety that might mm-hmm. be attached to, to, to some thought, some something that you haven't got conscious awareness of, verbalizing that feeling, thinking of it in terms of its uh, associations, mm-hmm. and uncovering what is attached to it is the only way you're ever really going to get power over it. Uh-huh. So, so what is it triggering when something happens that triggers a bad feeling? That's right. Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. That's exactly right. And and one of the best ways to do that, I, I go through in the book, uh, a simple technique known as mind mapping. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and, and what it really is is just building association. So mm-hmm. let's take what you're saying right here, KG. You have a feeling, mm-hmm. and you write down, you know, anxiousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the first thing you think of uh, when you think of that that particular feeling? Well, it'll be what you're doing on that day, what you're about to do on that day, mm-hmm. where you're going on that day, and mm-hmm. you begin to draw lines like spokes and mm-hmm. make little circles, and, and you begin to build the associations that are all, how does that feeling make me feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, how often do I have that feeling? Mm-hmm. Is there any time I can... So you're discovering that? your map of reality. That's right. And as you do this, you, you'll get this epiphany. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what this mm-hmm. Let me give you... An example, not so much of mind mapping, but of the power of uncovering. Mm-hmm. Years ago, when I was doing my early research with uh, the technology that we patented as InterTalk, a friend of mine came to me and said, Eldon, I've heard about your work. Would you do me a favor? Would you share it with my honors class at the University of Utah? Mm-hmm. Now, this friend was the chair of the honors department and also the chair of the chemistry department. And I said, sure, Bill, I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, where are you meeting? Uh, and he said, Kingsbury Hall. And there was a sudden thud in my stomach. Mm-hmm. 
see an honors group is 15, 20 students is a big honors group. I've, mm-hmm. I've been in honors groups where there's only four or five. Mm-hmm. Kingsbury Hall seated 1,200 people. Wow. Why would you meet in Kingsbury Hall? Mm-hmm. And Bill said, oh, well, you know, I'm chair of the Black Chem- or president of the Black Chemists of America, and uh, they're all in town, so I want them there to, to hear what, about your work. I'm just really excited about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the thud got bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was aware that I had a fear of public right. speaking, and mm-hmm. I did a lot to avoid public speaking because of that. But I wasn't aware of why. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd already told Bill I'd do it, so in truth, I have to admit that I not only didn't do it, but I went through the processes of uh, making it appear that I had a flat tire, taking my white shirt mm-hmm. and wrapping it around my my the tire on my vehicle uh-huh. so I had an excuse because uh-huh. I couldn't even tell him no I, I, I can't do that now okay yes a few months later an entertainer asked uh, for a custom piece of work using this technology and I happened to do it and, and I had it on a recording a cassette tape and I left my office it was late on a Friday night and it was a time of year that I always went to southern Utah so I drove down to Southern Utah, got into the cab, and I was tired, but I thought I'd better be listening to this tape before I ship it off. I put the tape on, and I laid down on the bed to listen to the tape. I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. I had a dream. The uh-huh. tape produced the dream. Wow. The dream was a revivification of something that happened to me when I was just a child. Uh-huh. My mother taking me at the age of about six at a mm-hmm. family reunion, sticking me out in the middle of both sides of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea to stop them from going into a fight and saying, my son sings, here sing. Mm-hmm. Well, at that age, I wanted to be a singer. Uh-huh. My voice broke up. I cried. I fled the room. Uh, and I never wanted anything to do with singing ever again. Mm-hmm. This dream awoke me. I sat up in the bed. My mother had passed over at that point. I looked up at the ceiling like you might do. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I knew right then and there mm-hmm. what my fear was caused by. Yes. Now, you know, as children, we could become and then, frightened so in our bedroom. did things change after that for you? Was Immediately. it decharged? And, and that's what I'm about. Yes. See, as children, we can become frightened in our rooms of something over in the corner or near the door, you know, a boogeyman. And mm-hmm. so we call out for a parent. They come in. They turn the light on. And we see it's how we threw our clothes over yeah. something. Then they turn the light off. Well, it's still there, but we know what it is, and it's lost its control over us. See, when we don't know what something is, it has immense control over us. So when you have these feelings that you're talking about, about what it could be. That's right. You map it out. When you find it, the other uncovering is absolutely liberating. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you know, I recently had that same experience, and I've been no. noticing some changes within my own self. I was being, I was guided through this uh, visualization exercise, uh-huh. and um, I saw myself as a little child, maybe four years old, and I was overhearing uh, my grandmother and my mother talking that they were concerned for me because I came from a broken home. My my mom had gotten divorced. And so I took that to mean and I was I I felt what I was feeling when I heard that, that I was broken. Uh-huh. And that has been very liberating for me to have that realization 
I would imagine that would be very liberating. And then if you were... And so I don't have to act. Some part of me doesn't have to believe I'm broken, and so I can somehow sometimes come out as I'm broken. You know what? It's, it's like a self-fulfilling yes. thing if you have this thing operating. Yes. You know what I'm so. and, and now I, I would imagine you probably already thought of this, but I've probably already done it intuitively. But if you take that step, you just had your uncovering, mm-hmm. and you take that step and you say, "Okay, mm-hmm. how has this affected me in the past? Mm-hmm. How have I? How has this limited me in the mm-hmm. past?" Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you begin to see different things that maybe you shied away from. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have anything to do mm-hmm. with, or, or people, or situations. Well, and, people and would find out it, I was broken. People would find out I was broken. It's a shame thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If right. people found out I was broken, and so, so, well, you know how those things work. I do. Yeah. You know, yeah. since you say they, that shame thing, that's you know that is the most powerful thing any individual can do mm-hmm. for themselves is forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is absolutely self love, acceptance, and forgiving yourself for uh, just you know. I mean, we we all. Uh, you know, just accepting your humanness that you, you know, you have the gamut of everything available to you, you know, to to live, at, you know, in your psyche. And um, I think the, the wholeness and becoming aware of all of yourself, you know, then I believe that we are alchemical beings, that we, we evolve out of that, you know. We're not only alchemical, we're binary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, binary means that the way we are one moment is not necessarily the way we are the next moment. Mm-hmm. Every molecule in our body is changing. Mm-hmm. Every cell in our body has changed many, many times mm-hmm. by the time we've grown up. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, the real uh, value, if you will, to these kinds of discoveries is in the freedom, the emancipation, the individual gains Mm -hmm. that makes it possible for them to begin to see new horizons. Because I do believe, you know, life is a journey, it's an experience. It's It's an adventure. Yeah, it's when we lose the awe. Mm -hmm. It's when it's no longer a big question. Mm -hmm. It's when we think we have all the answers that we stagnate, mm-hmm. that that we we become inauthentic, mm-hmm. and uh, you know to that end, I always tell everybody too, you know, you want to question everything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you you just because you think you know what something is or you have the name for something doesn't mean that you really understand it. Of course not. You know, and I think the mantra of I don't know, Byron Katie talks about that. You know, what do you really know? You know, your beliefs or your addictions. You know, I call beliefs training wheels. That's right. Until you can be able to trust yourself enough in your own inner wisdom to guide you that you can bring in um, uh, access higher wisdom to guide you at all times that has a much greater vision for the path ahead and uh, taking in that information uh, can be very helpful and that that could lead to another very powerful tool that every individual can use Mm -hmm. because 
if you think about how you got your self-representation that that had those beliefs, those training wheels in mm-hmm. it, you probably stood in front of a mirror and you probably practiced mm-hmm. how you'd walk and talk and how you'd say things mm-hmm. and you rehearsed dialogues mm-hmm. and you said, you know, in your own mind, gosh, I should have said this or maybe if I'd have said this, this would have been funnier or quicker or something mm-hmm. of that nature. What we What we don't realize is that the extent that we practice that, we automatize that, it becomes mm-hmm. not just a belief, but it becomes an automatic aspect of who we are. Mm-hmm. One way to change that is to begin practicing a new one. Mm-hmm. So what would be the adult self-representation we would like to practice? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are totally disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I Absolutely. Were to say to you, Absolutely. I think that is... You know, isn't there a quote about people who lack vision will perish? I think that is the thing that people are lacking most is vision, is imagination. (laughs) Sorry, I got off on my... No, you got it. You got it. I love it. You know, keep going. (laughs) So, um, fresh thoughts, new thoughts, you know, and we're always reincarnating. We're always incarnating. It's nothing is stagnant. You know, new things are always being born through us. We are the vehicles for expressing this unfolding that is always, it's just always new and unfolding through us and trusting that journey you're talking about, that we're on. Yeah. I love how you uh, how you put these things, you know. So if a, if an individual today were to say to himself, my icon is... I would like to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people do you think could really come up with their icon? Could say, you know, well, I'd like to be like Mother Teresa, or I'd like to be like, you know, uh, uh, whoever. I'd like to be like my the mother of my soul, my mother matrix. That's what I call it. That's great. <laughs> KG, that's where we should be. We should be saying, I, I want to be like me. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know myself. Mm-hmm. I like the attributes of certain personalities, certain individuals in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to cultivate those attributes, but mm-hmm. in order to do so, I, I need to first know who I am. Yes. The real me, not the mm-hmm. reactionary me, mm-hmm. not the one that mimics how my parents uh, uh, behaved, you know. Uh, uh, my father was always angry. He came home. He cussed out my mother. He was short-tempered. Yeah. When I get angry, I go home. Yeah. I cuss out my kids, even though I said yeah. I'd never do that. Not that person, mm-hmm. but the real me. Mm-hmm. The one that was born in the innocence that laid in that crib mm-hmm. uh, before I learned all these other things. Yes, that before me. all the conditioning. Exactly. That's, right. exactly. That's where I want to be. Exactly. A remembering and a reconnecting with the truth of your being. That's right. What came here to to have this experience. You know, yeah. uh, while we're on tools, a marvelous way to do, you know, to get in touch with that person. And there are lots and lots of tools, but I, I, I like to give you tools that you can just do at home all mm-hmm. by yourself. You can mm-hmm. just explore alone. They don't cost you any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, is set up an, auto, uh, an automatic writing exercise, mm-hmm. you know, where in my mind there is me. You know, mm-hmm. this is Eldon Taylor, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there is a higher me. There is within myself an access to 
to knowledge. Maybe it's not even me. Maybe it's an imaginary being that knows all that will talk to me. So I simply begin first person me uh, with a question. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, why is this going on in my life? Mm -hmm. And I wait for the second person, this Mm -hmm. guide, uh, to give me an answer. Mm-hmm. An answer will come. Yes, it will. And I'll write that down. I begin dialoguing back and forth like that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the clarity that I can gain mm-hmm. in just a few minutes mm-hmm. in doing that kind of an exercise. Mm-hmm. And since feelings are important, and, and you brought this up clearly, KG, you know, you can do the same thing with feelings, mm-hmm. but instead of using the words to dialogue, mm-hmm. Use art and color. Draw mm-hmm. the feelings. Mm-hmm. Express the feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing it, it, when you ask a child to sit down and draw you a picture of what they're feeling and to color it, and then to explain what they what they have drawn and colored. The clarity that you get out of these young people about their feelings. Mm-hmm. We it works just as well for an adult as it does for mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful tool, by the way, are all these self-appraisal tests and quizzes. I give you a couple of them in the back of of my new book, Mind Programming, mm-hmm. but they're, you can find them everywhere on the Internet. And I'm not talking about IQ tests. I'm talking about, you know, tests that are designed to tell me the kind of personality I have or mm-hmm. tests that are designed to uh, tell me how I would respond uh, mm-hmm. to certain uh, mm-hmm. circumstances. You mean like or the t- Enneagram or... Yeah. The Mars-Briggs or... Yeah, or the implicit implicit assumptions. You know, Mm -hmm. Stanford has these implicit assumption tests Mm -hmm. up there also. Mm -hmm. So uh, you remember Susan Boyle, Jesse Jackson. Yes, exactly. It's nice to be able to go and cover our own. So inquiry, Uh, you're saying self-inquiry. That's right. Mm -hmm. They're also very, very powerful. The most important part, you know, of all of this to me is we'll invest a lot of time and energy in washing or waxing a car or in cleaning our home or in acquiring things. Mm -hmm. But we tend to spend little energy with ourselves on ourselves. And what message is that to to our subconscious mind? Well, that's that's exactly where I'm going. We're saying we don't have any value or Mm -hmm. we're saying we're Mm -hmm. worthless or we're saying, more importantly, Mm -hmm. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm only worth what you can see I have. My clothes, my car, my house. Yes, and if you lose those, then you lose your value. I need more, more, more. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, uh, can I ask, uh, you tell, uh, can you tell our listeners about the Women, the Women, uh, Women for Women International and why you include them in your book campaigns? I'd be most happy to. Uh, they're a very special group to me uh, for lots of reasons, but the bottom line goes this way. This is a nonprofit organization that nearly moves 100% of everything given them uh, directly to women that uh, are impoverished uh, because of war, because of civil strife, because of genocide practices in those areas of the world uh, that... There is little help. They may have families, children, but they've lost their husband. They have no means of income. Maybe they don't even have a home. Mm-hmm. And what Women for Women does is they go into these areas, like Bosnia, 
they re-educate, uh, they train, they, they provide temporary shelter, they help these uh, women build lives, uh, build businesses, uh, put families together. Essentially, the civility of our societies rests in the hands of the women of the world. Mm. It always has. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the family is born, and that's where men learn civility mm-hmm. uh, when they grow up. And so, as far as I'm concerned, there is no charity that uh, is more deserving than Women for Women, and mm-hmm. the work they do is just uh, is, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I would encourage all listeners to go to womenforwomen.org mm-hmm. uh, and, and take a look at uh, this charity. I feel this strongly about it. Uh, you know, uh, every dollar that I make as a result of selling the new book, Mind Programming, during this campaign goes directly to Women for Women. Wow. We did the same thing with Choices and Illusions, mm-hmm. uh, my last best-selling book, a New York Times bestseller. Uh, and and when we, you know, when we got Mind Programming ready to go on this, you know, uh, what we were able to see that just that little bit had done or been able to assist women for women for or with uh, was such that you know it, it becomes a non-option. There are just some things that you do in life because it's the it's the only thing you can sleep with. So uh, it, yeah, I, I just feel very special about this organization. I think they do incredible work, and I believe it's the kind of work that brings peace to the world. Mm-hmm. It is not the kind of work that that. Uh, separate societies it's the kind that knits them together collaboration it sounds like collaboration it is and you're is. A, you're a, you're a, a true humanitarian to be funding uh, such a collective effort so well i'm a true human <laughs> and i think we all are and i think we all share in the predicament of the least of our brethren if you will and i don't mean that just from you know any any single oh, yeah. perspective it, it is a as it goes for the least of us, it goes for yes. for all of us. Yes, and, and, yes, uh, yes, and recognizing that our commonality, our common bonds. So, where can listeners go to order mind programming so that they can receive all the additional tools from the hundreds of amazing authors who are assisting you in getting your word out about uh, to the world? If they go to my website, eldentaylor.com. dot com. It's uh, E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. There is a special right at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they click on that or they click on the picture of the book Mind Programming, uh-huh. they'll be taken right directly to um, um, a, a new URL that opens up with all the different gifts, and there are hundreds of gifts, uh, mm-hmm. over 300 gifts that mm-hmm. uh, leading visionaries have, have made available uh, for you know, this campaign because they feel that the book is that important right. for people to read and they're that supportive of of what we're doing and, yes. and that includes yourself. Yes. Well, thank you. So do you have anything more you'd like to share with us before we close, Eldon? Oh, four or five days worth anyway. <laughs> we'll have to have you back if you're open to that. I'd love to have you talk more with you. Well, it would, it would so. be my pleasure. I'd love to. Uh, come back anytime. I guess I would add, you know, just this to the to the show. You are a marvelous host. I appreciate the opportunity you've given me to share this uh, information, and uh, and I truly am grateful for that. Oh, thank you so much. I can feel that from your heart. So thank you.
indeed there. For more information about Dr. Eldon Taylor, his InterTalk products and services, and to sign up for his free InterTalk newsletter, please visit eldontaylor.com. That's eldontaylor.com. And be sure to check out Eldon's new book, Mind Programming, just released by Hay House and his radio show, Mind Matters, on contacttalkradio.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Eldon. It's been a pleasure. Mine. Thank you.